the Ticat Audio Network. This is Speaking with the Enemy. Yes, the show is called Speaking with the Enemy, and uh, that's always referring to the other teams, not my individual guests. And I always feel like it's necessary to clarify yeah. that, especially when I bring in a guy like Natea J from TSN 1050, of course, you know him as the Argos Color Broadcaster, also does some work covering the Raptors. And uh, Natea, you are my friend, despite what the name of the show is called. So thank you, my friend, for doing this. It's great to see you. Great to see you as well, and no worries. I love coming on this show, even even if you keep that title the same. I still love coming on this show. Uh, it's the free agency edition of Speaking with the Enemy, and the, the Toronto Argonauts, obviously not the way they wanted their season to end, considering the regular season they had riding that high. It was the Ticats who, who got their spot in the Grey Cup. But what what do you see when you look at this, this Argonauts team heading into free agency? What, what are your general thoughts? You know, Team was going into the season that has signed a lot of free agents, right? A lot of guys from Calgary, a lot of high name, big name type of guys, and the expectations were high, but they weren't high. Where you know, you know, they weren't going to kick themselves if they didn't make the playoffs, right? They're a team that wanted to take the next step. The season prior, they would only won three games, right? So they want to see some improvement. They got a new coach, Coach Dinwiddie, and, and he brought in a new staff. Uh, and and new quarterback, which ended up getting changed to to um, McLeod Bethel Thompson, as you had mentioned. But the expectation was at least to make the playoffs, and they end up doing that. But as the season went on, and you know the fans and and the team saw how well this team started to gel together, things started to ramp up a little bit. There we started thinking about Great Cup possibilities, and the team was so playing so well that it justified that. So you know. All- Obviously, the end result of the season wasn't what we all wanted, especially in Toronto, uh, just, just the way the season had gone. It was an overall successful season, just if you base it off of what they had done the, the season prior. Well, to that point, so, I mean, if expectations weren't super sky high heading into 2021, that all changes, I have to think, heading into 2022. They they did have the best record in the East Division. They, they were one game away from making the Grey Cup. So how do you expect, you know, Dinwiddie, pinball how do you expect them to to approach this free agency window free agency knowing that all right we did build something special how do we make sure that we don't take two steps forward one step back i expect an aggressive nature i mean we saw the aggressiveness last offseason uh with with all the signings right but this offseason they already started with getting their quarterback locked up and cloud best Thompson. that was an important piece we know in the cfl though you do need two quarterbacks so i know that's Pinball's philosophy. That I know that's Vinny Magri's philosophy. They are going to be in the market for another quarterback to solidify that spot. I also expect them to be aggressive on the defensive end. There are rumors that Jagir Davis is uh, an offer had been made in, in the uh, legal tampering period, right? So that serves two purposes. One, you're getting a marquee defensive end game changer, you know, game on the line. He'll make a play for you. And you always wonder, watching Jagir Davis, like, why don't we have a guy like that, right? He's that type of player. So that serves that purpose. You get a grade A type of player. Two, it keeps him away from Hamilton, <laughs> right? He And we saw firsthand the type of damage this guy could do in, in, in a season. We saw you guys five times, but especially in the playoffs when things ramp up and you need your best players to make plays, he's that type of player. So I expect him to be aggressive on that front. If we are able to land a player of Jagir Davis's caliber, that's the move that takes you to that next level, right? It takes you from a good team 
to a great team. And those are the type of moves I see this team doing. Those kind of moves that, you know, the game, the type of players that show up big in the playoff uh, playoff type games, because that's what this team is playing for now, right? It's not it's not going to be good enough just to make the playoffs. It's, it's kind of it's getting to be great cup or, or bust territory for this team, right? So those are the kind of players I see them uh, attacking in this free agency period. Uh, you're talking about star defensive back Jagarrett Davis making that play in the end zone in the in the <laughs> East final, right? Uh, you know, yeah. looking looking like an All Pro uh, DB back there uh, in, in that East final. And, and again, I, I don't want to I don't want to you know hit, hit home on the East final, but I mean that game really did have a huge turning point in, in Dane Evans. And and how much do you think that that helps the players having that that motivation of man? We, we were close. And then looking yeah. at the Ticats and what they were doing as a former player, what, what does a, a finish to the season like that do heading into a new season? It adds a lot of motivation to your offseason workouts individually. Like as soon as you figure out what team, because a lot of guys are trying to fear, but as soon as you figure out what team you're going to be on, once you're, you know, you find out you're going to be back on the Argos, right? You know, you're on a great team, a team that's really close, one or two plays away from being in a great cup. And it adds extra motivation because that's what everybody wants to be playing for. Everybody wants to be playing to be in a great cup and have a chance to be in a great cup, right? So, you know, and it factors into, you know, how you recruit other players, right? So if I'm at home and I know I'm coming back to the Argos, I'm calling all the free agents on that list, but hey, this is what we got at our facilities. This is what our GM is like. This is what our coach is like. And things of that is trying to sell my team and trying to help other guys uh, come along that are on the fence. So, you know, obviously, you know, in the CFL, the the, the, the teams, there's only nine teams. So every team goes into each year feeling like they have a shot. Um, but for the for the Argos, it was right there in the East final. Right. And it wasn't just, oh, we hope to be there. No, you were there. Now it's time to you know put the pieces in place that takes you over the top. Uh, your colleague at TSN, uh, Dave Naylor, reporting, like we had mentioned, McLeod Bethel-Thompson uh, appears to be off the market, re-signing with Toronto. Is he one of those players that that maybe doesn't get the respect he, he deserves, that that maybe he's underappreciated outside of, of Toronto? Uh, you, you look at his numbers and you go back to 2019. I think he was the league leader in passing yards or, or touchdowns. I mean, and then he does what he did last year, you know, a nine and five record to, to lead his team to first place in these. Do you feel as someone who's there covering this team that, that maybe league wide uh, Bethel Thompson's not getting the respect he deserves? It's 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 a weird thing where, that I see from the Cowboys, and I kind of see it almost to the respect that Jimmer Garoppolo gets a little bit in the NFL, where he doesn't get the respect. Obviously, he's a winning type quarterback; it fits that system perfectly. Um, I don't know why he doesn't get the respect. Obviously, they see the big games and, and the lack of you know throw power and mistakes that he makes, right? So, but for McLeod Thompson, it's kind of a little bit similar where. You know, he's not a big-name quarterback in the likes of, like, obviously, Boley by Mitchell or Cody Fajardo or Zach Caleros, but he wins football games, and he stabilized our locker room when when Nick Arbuckle was traded, right? Guys were looking to him for leadership, and he was doing a lot of leadership things before uh, even when Nick Arbuckle was, was still the starting quarterback, and guys love playing for Mikhail Bledsoe. I, I just – it's something that is – you just can't explain, right? Guys yeah. gravitate towards him. He's a leader, um, almost the same way Dane Evans is in, in Hamilton. Guys love playing for him. And, 
you know, I think his numbers will like with the full season, the full training camp and, you know, a, like a full all the practice reps with all the starting receivers. The numbers will come around and the perception around the league will change once he's installed as the starter from day one. He's never gotten that uh, yeah. opportunity to be the starter from day one. Once that happens and whatever season he has, then the criticism or or, or um or love that he gets will be fair. Yeah. And that's such a great point that, you know, he's the guy and that's got to help him. That's got to help Dinwiddie, the whole offense to be able to do something. Uh, you mentioned a second quarterback, you mentioned a playmaker like Jagarrett Davis, but is there anywhere else on the field? Do you think if there's a, a spot that maybe the Argos should be looking uh, this week, talking to guys, where, where do you, where do you see on the field that uh, the Argos need to, to, to maybe do some work? So one of the best players the Argos had last season on the defense side of the ball was Dexter McCoy Sr. This guy, Chris Jones, loved him. He could play him everywhere. He could blitz him, could be in coverage, um, was a leader on that defense, quiet leader on that defense, was literally everywhere uh, imaginable on the defense side of the ball. Massive loss. He retired. He's going to be a coach um, in NCAA in, in Division One football. So that's going to be a massive hole to fill. Uh, and I, I'm thinking Cameron Judge can fill that hole, especially with the ratio. He was with the team last year, but suffered an injury and wasn't able to get on track. He's someone that potentially could fill that role because, you know, he coming from Saskatchewan, a lot of the traits that Destin McCoy had, um, uh, Cameron Judge showed. He just wasn't able to get on the field. So that could be a route the, the Argos could go. Um, but they need to fill that hole because the reason why the defense was good Obviously, Sean Oakman in the middle, but uh, Dexter McCoyle, uh, uh, obviously, you know, being the player that he was defensive, you know, he was one of the runner ups for our team defensive player of the year. So, um, honestly, that is a place I see that needs to be filled. Um, and if they don't, I don't know. I, I, I just can't. I don't know where they go because. <laughs> Just I'm thinking back to all the games that we watched and Dexter McCord was a reason why Toronto's <laughs> defense, what is what it was. Yeah, that's such a great point. I, just finally here, because obviously you played on the Argos, you know the rivalry between the Ticats and the Argos. What did it mean last year to see it competitive? I mean, because it had been so long that, you know, maybe the Ticats were having an off year and the Argos were really good. You know, we, we were talking a lot, especially in that East final. We went back to the that Sky Dome game in the East. Like, what does it mean for the league, for these two cities, for Toronto especially, to have a, a solid two very good team rivalries going head to head three, four, five times a year. It's uh, it's it's unbelievable. Like for the teams, the games to be competitive, for both teams to be good, for the both teams to be battling for the Eastern Crown. It's what the league wants. It's what the league needs. I mean, we go back to when I played; these games were never competitive. The Ticats owned the Argonauts, right and that kind of flipped a little bit this season. And, you know, I think it helps even with attendance. I mean, the East final would have been, you know, a pretty good crowd, but with Hamilton, you know, you know, bringing in their contingent of people that just helps. It helps the rivalry. It's the longest rivalry in professional sports. Right. And it's so much fun. I remember walking into that East final, the energy in that building, uh, Louis was, was incredible. It wasn't nothing like the, the team Canada game that was just played yesterday, <laughs> but it was, I, I imagine it was close. Like, it, you know, the two franchises the, the, the hate each other, right? <laughs> and that's what sports is all about, competing at the highest level against your rival. Uh, that it just means more when you beat the Ticats. I mean, I mean, we, we, this year we've beaten the, the Alouettes. It didn't mean as much as when we yeah. beat the Ticats, right? So that's what sports is all about. And uh, having a rivalry, a rivalry is not 
quite the same when both teams aren't great. Like when both teams are great, it just it just takes it to another level. And I think this is what the league needs uh, more rivalries like this. I know they've got it in Edmonton with you know Calgary and Edmonton, and they got it in the Prairies with with Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, and then now in the East. If we can, if we get that rivalry going, it just it'll be amazing for the league. Yeah, well said, and I, it's it's such a great point that these two teams they both need to be good and they both need to be able to to, to knock each other out, you know, yeah. four times a year to to really, you know, like you said, it, it, it's fun to watch for sure. Uh, Nate, despite what this show is called, my friend. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I know you're a busy dude, so uh, it's always great to catch up with you, and I know I'm going to have a reason to to call you up real soon. Anytime, Louis V. Anytime. And I'm going to say one more time, we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the record, it's on it's on tape, so people should know that. We are friends. Nate, thanks so much for doing this, brother. Thanks, Louis. Have a great day.